Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Streets of San Francisco. A Quinn Martin production. Starring Carl Malden. Also starring... Jimmy! I got one name, Tonight's episode, Mr. Nobody. I do answer to that from time to time and other things, too. Welcome to the first of the year. That's right, 2018, the very first episode for the year. It's number 1,478. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Uh, hello. To the man who's the best. A man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things and to make a billy goat puke. That is me. You have Patrick <laughs> Riley here. It is the first of the year and right next to me to my side, to my left side. Actually, she should be on my right side because she's my right hand. That is Kimmy. She's always doing something new, and I hope uh, a lot of new things this new year. Kimmy is with us. Uh, Kimmy, are you okay? Are you are you recovered from New Year's Eve? Uh, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. alrighty. I guess uh, I guess it's safe for us to wish everybody a happy New Year. Maybe we are the first to do so. Happy New Year. Yes, happy New Year from the Riley and Kimmy Show. Happy New We hope it's a funky new year for you. Uh, we're kicking it off that way here on the Riley and Kimmy show. Yeah. And Kimmy, quick, uh, I mean, like 30 seconds here. Review. You did watch Dick Clark's rock and roll New Year's Eve thing, whatever that whole title is, with Ryan Seacrest. Tell me, Kimmy, what did you think of Mariah Carey's performance? Uh, ho-hum. Really? Okay. And what about Britney Spears' performance? Um... She looks good. All right. She dances good. Yes. But she lip syncs horribly. Ooh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Did she wear the headset thing with the microphone? Yeah. It's kind of hard to hide that when you're, you know, with the, if you're holding the, the, the handset, at least you can kind of hold it up to your mouth and kind of hide the 
well, okay. You'd think she'd be able to lip sync with no problem all these years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, okay. Well, but, I, uh, and back to Mariah, she, uh, didn't move around at all. Yeah. Um, and then it was cold. Well, then she should have been moving more to okay. keep warm, right? Well, well, they didn't have her tea there. She's complaining about not having tea and, um, yeah. her voice sounded rather low, kind of husky. Wow. You're harsh. No, I'm just being. I, th- I didn't. Wow. I didn't say it was crappy. I'm, I'm giving an, uh, I think, pretty objective. Uh, Did you like the songs she sang? No. Oh, okay. I mean, they were slow and. Okay. Both of them were slow. Well, I mean, shouldn't we be peppy and. Okay. Upbeat and partying All for right. New that, Year's Day? I, I, that's just me. That's Kimmy's criticism there. A little over yeah. 30 seconds she did. Of the ABC Dick Clark rock and roll thing. Yeah. Don't you just love how the local affiliates break out of it and go to news? Oh, yeah. They just went to news for a whole half hour. Like, really? Okay. Okay. Kimmy's little 30 seconds there or more. At least it wasn't during Mariah's performance. Yes, that's true. That is true, Kimmy. Riley and Kimmy Show is thankful you chose us on New Year's Day, and we hope you will uh, join us other days. It's very easy to do so because we are, well, offering a new show every single day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a brand new show every single day. And you every can, day. Yeah. You can find those new shows and the archive shows, all of them, all the way back to day one, which this is an anniversary of four years ago. Day one happened, the very first episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. And we've not missed a day since and don't plan on missing one in the future. You can catch all those episodes right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also, social media links uh, help the show grow and stay stay linked with us. Find out uh, where the Riley and Kimmy show will, will be appearing in 2018. Matter of fact, I tell you what, we'll have uh, in just a matter of minutes information of a place where the Riley and Kimmy show will be this month. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And so if you're in the greater Orlando area, maybe flying in for vacation, this will be something to definitely check out. We'll have that information shortly. And you can stay in tune with us with our Social media pages like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and more. And easily take us anywhere on planet Earth every single day through the platforms of iHeartRadio, iTunes, and also SoundCloud, just to name a few. All of those things, including celebrity interviews we have done, are all available on our website. What is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com. Attention comic book fans, toy collectors, lovers of pop culture, and cosplayers. The Orlando Toy and Comic Con is happening Sunday, January 28th. It's bigger and better in a new location. The Orlando Toy and Comic Con is being held at the beautiful and spacious Florida Hotel and Conference Center, 1500 Sand Lake Road, Orlando, Florida. Attention zombie fans, meet Tony Moore, the co-creator of The Walking Dead. Get your photo taken with one of the world's leading cosplayers, Cecil Grimes, impersonator of Rick Grimes of the hit TV show The Walking Dead. This is your chance to meet Nick Bradshaw, artist on Guardians of the Galaxy, Wolverine and the X-Men, artist Ryan Stegman of Spider-Man, Scarlet Spider, Wolverine fan, artist Billy Tushy, the creator of the comic book She, artist Ryan Otley, best known for Image Comics Invincible, Frank Terry, writer of DC and Marvel Comics and the video game Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds. 
Discover why many consider the Orlando Toy and Comic Con the best one-day comic book toy show in America. Visit Orlando Toy and Comic Con's Facebook page for locations of advanced tickets and the website orlandotoyandcomiccon.com. Share with all your friends Sunday, January 28th. It's the Orlando Toy and Comic Con at a new location, bigger and better, with many new vendors bringing tons of comic books, toys, pop vinyls, collectibles, and more. It's the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. It's worth the drive. It's worth the flight. January 28th, the Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Don't miss it. The Riley and Kimmy Show. That is a big question for this first of the year. A Monday, January 1st, 2018. Is Kimmy ready? Is she recovered from New Year's Eve? Does she want to challenge her brain cells with the thrilling days of yesteryear and some pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. We have to point out that the nerd pop culture timeline has been adjusted. It's a little scrambled up on this first of the year. A little wacky. Just but, like you. Uh, yeah, just like me. <laughs> Feel free to shout out answers to Kimmy. She actually believes in time travel answers, so yell at whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. We are the Riley and Kimmy show, often imitated but never duplicated. Kimmy, the very first question we have for you deals with the world of comic strips. Yo, you're a... You're a real good drawer. We're looking for the year with a plus or minus of five years. The last Far Side cartoon was published. Two-part question. Tell us the year within five and tell us who the cartoonist of Far Side was. Gary Larson. That's right. Uh, 1995. Exactly right, Kimmy. <gasps> Wow. Exactly right. Did you know that because you're a Gary Larson groupie or because somebody shouted it out to somebody you? Somebody must have shouted it because that, that year just popped into my head. Okay, within five years. What year did Farside make its first appearance? 1977? Wrong decade. It started in 1980. <gasps> oh, but you got the question right. That was just a bonus round question. So you're on the plus side for this very first year, for this very first pop culture trivia of the year. Moving to a different category, Kimmy. It is TV, but it's your favorite. It's music. So it's TV and music combined. It was on this date, and we are looking for a plus or minus of two years. A plus or minus of two years. Video Hits 1 premieres as an adult contemporary music video channel. They kick it off with Marvin Gaye's Star Spangled Banner video. Tell me... What year? Within two, here is a little clue. Maybe you can figure it out. Here is, well, one of the ways they kicked it off. Today, there's VH1. Video hits one. Finally, your music has come to television. Hi, I'm Don Imus. We're going to have music from the past, from the present, that you want to hear all day, every day, in digital Dolby stereo. The only one of its kind anywhere. I'll be here along with Scott Shannon, Frankie Crocker, and John Bauman, bringing you video music hits, entertainment news, and interviews with your favorite artists, one every hour, every day. Right now, let's meet the VH1 VJs. John Bauman! I am John Bauman, one of the lesser giants of rock and roll. Right here on VH1 Video Hits 1, the one in digital Dolby Stereo. VH1! VH1! Frankie Crocker! Frankie Crocker here. We're going to have some great things for you today. This is VH1 Video Hits 1, the one that's on all day, every day. VH1! 
I'm your friendly neighborhood DJ. I'm Scott Shannon on VH1. Video hits one. The one in digital Dolby stereo. And whatever you do, don't ever ask me what that means. I don't know what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Don Imus, and this is VH1. Video hits one. We have some entertainment news on VH1. People news. Pretty sexy, huh? VH1. VH1. I love the jingles. That's Jam Jingles that did those for VH1, uh, one of the best uh, jingle companies in the world. Can you tell me what year, within two years, VH1 premiered, Kimmy? Uh, I think he was an outcast there. Just a misplace, and that is... Don Imus. I love Don Imus, but uh, Don Imus and Video Hits 1 just doesn't seem to be a, a good blend. They did that because he was huge in New York. That's why they brought him part of that package deal, I'm certain. Can you tell me what year? 1985. All right. What is this? What? <laughs> How did you get it exactly right? You got Farsight exactly right. I you got don't know. Video Hits 1 exactly right. You were too little. I don't. You weren't even around when Video Hits 1 was on i don't know how you knew that i think the bubbles uh woke my brain up i don't know what bubbles you're talking about i mean what <laughs> bubbles are you talking about i mean the we, bubbles in my drink well we are recording this before the hour of sunrise it is <laughs> it is it is before sunrise and uh it's moved from new year's even to new year's day it is truly new year's day as we record oh, this yeah uh, okay kimmy well Let's see if, uh, is this sort of like those pop-up video things that you're getting answers? So like the, you know, the bubbles used to pop up. <laughs> is that what's happening with you? <laughs> All righty. Let's move to another part of the timeline. The year is 1818. Mary Shelley's book is published for the first time by a small printing house in London. Kimmy, can you tell me the title? Frankenstein. Yes, Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. That's its full title. Have you ever read Frankenstein? No. So your only, well, understanding of Frankenstein is through the films. Uh-huh. Not even the comic books. No. Didn't read the Marvel comics or anything like that, Frankenstein. Mm-mm. One of my favorites. You know, Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf mm. by Night, Monster Frankenstein, all that. Yeah. 1818 is when it came to be. It was on this date, 1964, Kimmy. This group recorded a song. It would hit the top 100. Tell us the name of the song and tell us who recorded it. And tell us, did it hit number one or not? Here is your clue. Well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised through the hamburger stand now. See, she forgot all about the library like she told her old man. She'll have what? Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a deeper away. Fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a deeper away. And who had that as a hit? Who was the recording group? The Beach Boys. Yeah, they recorded on this date, 1964. Now, with the Billboard Hot 100, Kimmy, was it a number one hit? Yes. No, it oh. was a number five hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Moving to television, Kimmy. This TV series came to an end. Its final episode was on this date, 1966. It 
has its roots to the golden age of radio. That's where it started, and then it went to TV and was on it for a long period of time. See if you can identify the TV show. Tell me uh, the two players here if you can. That will be good enough for the title because their names are part of the title. Here you go. What is this, the third degree? No, I'm just interested in what you did all day. Don't you want to tell me? Well, sure, but I don't remember every little thing I do. Well, you don't try. Hey, wait a second. I just remembered something. I won the golf tournament at the club. That was last Saturday. Well, I, I, I think I told you. Eileen told me. You mean the, the, the checker at the market? That's right. Darby told Sally. Sally told her, and she congratulated me. <laughs> I, I'm sure I told you about it. Oh, you did. You told me you won, but Eileen told me the details. You were in the rough on the 6th, 12th, and 14th holes. You four-putted five greens, but you won because you had such a good handicap. <laughs> I'd have to tell you anything. You have more news sources than the Associated Press. Well, that's not the point. I'd like to hear what happened straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Nothing oh. personal, dear. Oh. <laughs> well, come on. What did you do today? Well, it was nothing important. I had lunch with Joe, and we talked about golf. Now, now, wait a second. There was something. Oh, yeah, he and Clara are coming over to play bridge. When? Oh, in about uh, 45 minutes. 45 minutes? We haven't even had dinner yet. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I was too busy listening to the news. Can you tell me the name of that TV show? It's final episode. It's final time was on this date in 1966. Is that Ozzy and Harriet? The Adventures of the Melson Family. Yes, you're right. The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet came to the end. 1966. Last one was filmed on this date with Ricky Nelson. Mm. It was on this date 1968. This Daredevil, Kimmy, fails in his attempt to jump Caesar's Palace Fountain with a motorcycle. Who is the Daredevil? It must be Evil Knievel. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing tricycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. Loopy loop! And he's not through yet! Into the dragster! Evil super street car with built-in drag shoot to slow him down! What a hook! And now, the Sky Cycle! That daredevil death-defying supersonic sky plane on wheels! And here he is on the super cool chopper bike! With the power that can really rip! He's sensational! He's Evil Knievel! He's a knockout! He's ideal! Yes, Kimmy got that right. It is Evil Knievel moving somewhere else on the timeline. It is Celebrity Wedding Time. Film director John Carpenter at the age of 30 marries an actress, Kimmy, on this date, 1979. Who does he marry? Oh, yeah. Uh, she would be Adrian Barbeau? Yeah, I was going to say she was in the movie The Fog. Mm-hmm. Who is older? Is it John Carpenter or is it Adrian Barbeau? Which a- one, Adrian which one? Barbeau? Yeah, she's older by three years. The year is 1979. Celebrity and notable birthdays. This person born 1735, Kimmy. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Let's see how much you paid attention to history classes at Igloo Elementary. This person known for being an American silversmith. He was a patriot in the American Revolution. Best known for his midnight ride to alert people that the British were coming April 1775. Who is it? Paul Revere. That's right. Next individual, born 1752, 
widely credited with making the first American flag. Can you tell me who she is? Betsy Ross. Although people totally doubt that nowadays, historians, because she was hired to make flags and was given a design to make the flags. There's a, they got a bunch of paper trails and paperwork on that. Mm. But legend, myth, Betsy Ross, you're right. Born on the state, 1752. Tell me who this is, Kimmy. Born 1895. He was an American detective and the first director of the FBI. And he held the position of, well, director for a long time. Clear up till his death in 1972. Hoover. Yes, you got that right. Who played Hoover in the 2011 film J. Edgar? Uh, Was it Leo DiCaprio? (laughs) Would you call him? Leo DiCaprio? Uh, yeah, we'll accept that. That was a Clint Eastwood film. Do you remember that? Uh, no. You, you, you Did saw we it? see that? Yes, we, oh. we. Okay. Okay, next person, actor Kimmy Tilling. How old he is within five years? He played in the 1987 film Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie. He was Skeletor. You didn't see his face, but his fantastic voice made that villain alive. He was in the 2006 film Superman Returns. He played Perry White. He was in the 2008 Frost Nixon. He played Richard Nixon. And he was in the 1979 film Dracula. He played Dracula. Who is it? Miss Van Helsing. My savior. I trust you're feeling improved. Yes, Jonathan Harker, my New English solicitor. I have enjoyed our correspondence. And I too, I must say. I must thank you for finding me an extraordinary house here in Whitby. A house, Miss Seward, cannot be made habitable in a day. And after all, how few days go to make up a century. I am of an old family. To live in a new house would be impossible for me. Some consider his performance fantastic, maybe one of the best performances of Dracula. It was more of a sexy kind of Dracula. Can you tell me who it is, Kimmy? He played Perry White in that 2006 Brandon Roth Superman movie. Can you tell me who it is? Mm. Well, I was thinking Christopher Lee, but... No, not Mr. Lee. I don't know. I don't know. It is Frank Langella. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is Frank Langella today within five years? Uh, 88. Frank Langella celebrating his 79th birthday. Next person having his 59th birthday... Considered to be one of the pioneers of hip-hop. Tell me who it is, Kimmy. This song did not play on radio stations, but it did play in clubs for a number of years. Ticket to ride, white line highway, tell all your friends they can go my way. Pay your toll, sell your soul, pound for pound, cost more than gold. The longer you stay, the more you pay. My white line go a long way, either up your nose or through your fame. With nothing to gain except killing your brain. Can you tell me who that is? No, I can't. It's Grandmaster Flash celebrating his 59th birthday. I see dead people. Notable deaths, Kimmy. Going to the year 1982. This actor passes away. He was a film and television actor. Can you tell me? Who it is, but before we get to that, tell me what TV show he played a villain on. Here's your clue. Can you tell me what TV show? Batman. That 
is right, Kimmy. Batman, he is known for. By the way, he would. Well, he had won the Academy Award before playing Batman. Hmm. That's a little bit of a clue there. He won the Academy Award before playing Batman. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So they had an Academy Award winning villain in ways. Tell me who it is, Kimmy. Here is your audio clue. Yeah. Now you see, we've had our first spat. All right, fellows, gather up yon bird boy and bring the tut truck round to the front entrance. We go now to the Royal Oil Boiling Room, a perfect place to make our nuptial arrangements. Your father, dear Cleopatra, lies a moldering in the grave in Rama, great city of the Sahara. When we get to the royal oil boiling room, be sure to prepare some real boiling royal boiling oil to boil the boy wondering royally. Oh, I love him. I love his oh. delivery. Isn't, it, isn't he fantastic? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who the villain is, first of all? Uh, King Tut. Yes, it is King Tut. Who played? King Tut. He passed away on this date, 1982. Victor Bueno? Yes. Here is the big question for you, Kimmy. How old, within five years, was Victor when he passed? 60. Amazing. I think anyone who's familiar with the TV show would say the same thing. Victor Bueno appeared far older than he really was. He was 43 when he died. Wow. Think about that. He was in his 20s when he played King Tut. Whoa. Yes. You can see him in an evil role on The Untouchables before the Batman episodes. He appears older in it as well. That's one of the things he was able to do was, you know, appear older on stage. Matter of fact, if you see the fantastic film, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, he's the one who's, well... Trying to resurrect, help resurrect Baby Jane's career, he shows up at the at the Nut House, meaning uh, Baby Jane's home, and have you, you've seen that where he plays the piano with her and she does her little, song. she sings this song she sang when she was like five years uh, old, whatever happened to Daddy or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. He won the Academy Award for that that performance there. It is fantastic. You need to check that out. I love him, and you can check out uh, Batman and see him on. Me TV. Also, here's an icon. Here's an icon on a Saturday. They they run a very early Saturday morning. Next individual died 1994. Kimmy, an American actor, huge film star, and he did TV. See if you can tell me who he is. Here's a I mean a very brief clue. Here's your clue. Tell me who this is. Hello, kiddies. Gonna meet the Joker. Who is that? Hmm. That is um, Cesar Romero. Yes, and he played the Joker on what show, Kimmy? Batman. Same one Victor did. Yes. They died the same day. Well, not the same year, though. Okay. Uh, He died in 1994 at the age of 86. Next person known for being a character actor in film, but he starred on something in television. Identify the TV show he is known for. Can you tell me the name of the TV show, Kimmy? 
My favorite Martian. That's right. Tell me who passed away on this date, 2001. Aloha. My name is Mr. Hat. I have but one question for you. Can you attend my class? It is for your own good, and if you can't make it, I can make you. Can you tell me who that is? Ray Walston. That's right. And from what film is that soundbite from? Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's correct. Which opened up a new generation for him. And Mm -hmm. he was part of Star Trek's world, too, playing in many, many different episodes of uh, different uh, parts of the franchise. You realize the My Favorite Martian thing, they actually had words to that song, to the theme. Mm, Yeah, they did. Hey, that's a flying saucer, and it's landing right here. Look! There's someone getting out of it. Say, who is he? He's a man from Mars on Earth to take a look. He can read your mind just like an open book. Yes! He's a man from Mars, and he's extremely clever. Brilliant but kind in every endeavor. For instance, any dog can hear me loud and clear. And don't get too near me, or I'll disappear. He's a man from Mars, and we've got news for you. Out among the stars, they're watching everything you do. Now, do you have any questions? Wow, I'll say. What are those things sticking out of your head? Oh, these are my antennae. They're completely retractable, so no one can ever guess my identity. Except, of course, you. Oh, don't worry about me. I can keep a secret. I hope so, for your sake. No one dares to compare on Mars or here. And if you're not fair to me, I'll make you disappear. He's a man from Mars, and we've got news for you. Out among the stars, they're watching everything you do. Yes, the words to my favorite Martian, very, very rare uh, song right there. Hmm. A little rewind on the first of the year here. Interesting. Yes. Let's see how good you are, Kimmy. Going back to trivia, pop culture trivia, the year is 2005. This person dies of a stroke at the age of 80 in Ormond Beach, Florida. Tell me why they are famous. Shirley Chisholm passes away 2005. Why is she on the famous list? She was a political candidate for for president. That's right. In 1972, she became the first black candidate for a major party's nomination of president of the United States and the first woman to run for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. Moving somewhere else on the timeline, 2013, this person passes away, Kimmy. Identify who it is. They were a pop singer. She dies at the age of 85. She was one of the top charting female vocalists and best-selling female artists of the 1950s, selling over 100 million records during a six-decade-long career. Here's a number one hit for her from 1953. Tell me who it is. How much is that dog in the window? (laughs) The one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? (laughs) I do hope that doggie is for sale. Remember, adopt, don't shop. 
Yes. But <laughs> even though that song has that there, it was a different time period. Can you tell me, Kimmy, who had that as a hit? 1953, number one. Is that Peggy Lee? Ooh, you're, I can understand that guess. It is Patty Page okay. who died on this date, 2013. Next individual died 2015, an American actress. Died at the age of 82, known for this TV show. Tell me the TV show. Can you identify the TV show? The Beverly Hillbillies. That's right. Tell me who she is and the character she played. I can run away from Miss Hathaway. What'd you climb up here for? To cut a fork for that new store-bought slingshot she brought me. Did she bring you a slingshot? Fanciest thing you ever did see. Look at that. (laughs) A store-bought, lace-trimmed, double-barrel slingshot. Doozy. I don't know how good I can aim it, but it'll sure throw a heap of rocks. Can you tell me the name of the character she played? Ellie Mae. That's right, Ellie Mae Clampett. And can you tell me her name? Donna Douglas. That's right, Donna Douglas. Passed away 2015 on this date at the age of 82. I think you did a fantastic job with Trivia Kimmy. Especially on a, well, the first of the year and you, you relying on bubbles for your for your answer. Thank you for participating with us and not uh, calling in sick today. Sure. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. Radio was new. Radio. Someone still loves you. And that's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Anytime we can go back in time to the thrilling days of yesteryear, otherwise known as the Golden Age of Radio, we take, well, we take advantage of that. It was on this date, 1994, actor Cesar Romero passed away. Now, he was part of the golden age of cinema, but no stranger to radio. We have an example of his work during the golden age of radio. It's a production of The Crusaders from 1949. This is a fantastic example of the golden age of radio. Here's our tribute to actor Cesar Romero on The Riley and Kimmy Show. From the NBC University Theater, an hour-length dramatization of Stephen Himes' novel of the war and after, The Crusaders. Our star, Mr. Cesar Romero. Here with one of the most significant novels to be inspired by the war against the fascists, Stephen Himes' intense work, The Crusaders. Radio adaptation by Ernest Canoy. In the role of Lieutenant Yates, one of Hollywood's most persuasive actors, Cesar Romero. Here then, The Crusaders by Stephen Heim. Normandy, 1944. 
The last of the dead had been buried by the gangs and prisoners. And now the wind piled clean sand against the rows of crosses. An army jeep winds down the narrow road between the hedgerows. And in his seat, Lieutenant Davis shifts uncomfortably, then turns to his driver, Sergeant Bing. Why don't you drive around those holes? Look, Lieutenant, I just came back from questioning those German prisoners two days straight. My brain's fried. What the devil's wrong now? German prisoners. Poor slobs. Look at their faces. They sure had it. You kidding? I hate them. Get out of the way! Los! Los syrup! This is a scientific war, Bing. How can you understand the Germans if you hate them? Don't worry, I can. Well, perhaps I would if I were a refugee from Germany the way you were. But you've got to be detached. Yeah, yeah. Los! Los, I'll stay here! You're very young, Bing. This isn't your classroom, Lieutenant. Normandy isn't Coulter College. Well, look at the other side of the question. The other side? Those Germans over there are doing the same things we're forced to. They follow orders. They've got the same trouble. They're the victims of their politicians the way we are of ours. That's what we have to understand, don't we? You talk like the German prisoners. Listen, Sergeant, I... I can shut up. Only someday, Lieutenant, you'll have something in the one hand and something else on the other. And while your hands are full, you'll get kicked in the teeth. You're pretty clever, Bing. I try. Oh, there, there, it's clear. What's the rush, Lieutenant? General Farris. He, he wants a special leaflet with a load about justice, democracy, freedom. What, old brimstone, Farish? Well, that's not the tough part. We've got to turn them down cold. Why? That kind of decision is for top levels. We can't decide the official Allied war aims in between hands in a poker game. Why should our unit crawl out on a limb? Uh-huh. Keep your mouth shut and never volunteer. The Army. All our outfit's supposed to do is tell the Germans if they raise their hands, they'll get a gut full of corned beef hash and Nescafe. Maybe that's why we're still bottled up in Normandy. Too much hash. Well, that's no skin off of us, Bing. But I wish the devil they'd send somebody else to turn down Farris. What? You mean to tell me your superiors would refuse my request? Well, it's not that, General Farris, It's the but... best idea I've had. Morning of July 4th. 48 guns shooting 48 rounds. Then silence. Dead silence. They're waiting for the infantry, the tanks. But bang, we shoot over the leaflet. What the devil's wrong with that, huh? Well, sir, there are technical difficulties. We we don't have enough time before the 4th. Sergeant Bing here is our technician. He'll tell you there isn't time. Listen, Lieutenant, I'm no talker, see? I'm a fighter. I want that leaflet as a weapon. Soften those krauts up and then smash. General, I... Uh... Well, Sergeant, I... I think we can get your leaflet out by the 4th. Bing, nobody asked... What the devil do you there, mean by... There, by Godfrey, when Farish wants something done, it's done. You say what I'd say, Sergeant. Strong. Make them know what an American is. See? Brian. General, why don't you get those steps fixed? Well, well, Karen. Lieutenant Yates, this is Karen Wallace. Reports for the Burke Syndicate. How do you do? How do you do? Karen, I've got something for you. Thought it up myself. This boy here, Bing, is that right? Yes, sir. He's going to put my thoughts in German for a leaflet. How's that for a story, eh? Sounds good. Can I get transportation over to their unit? I'll have Yates here drive you over. All right, Yates? Of course. I'll but be hurry back. Always like to have a lady around. <laughs> General's privilege. 48 rounds from 48 guns. Best blasted idea I ever had. Oh, 
Lieutenant, Lieutenant Yates. What do you want, Abramovici? They telephoned you were bringing the ladies, sir. Major Willoughby wants you to take her right in to see him. Pulling rank already? All right, Bing, get out. I'll put the chief away. You get some chow. You've got a hard job ahead. You shot your mouth off, and now you've got to figure out for General Farish why we're fighting the whole stinking war. Well, come on, Abramovici. We're late for chow. I was in guard duty. It'll be called sea ration. I like sea ration. Abramovich, what are you doing in the army? <laughs> Living? A war is absolutely no good for you unless you come out alive. You mean all you want is to come out alive? I'm honest. I want to live. I'm essential for the army. I know English and German shorthand. I do just what it says in Field Manual 21-100. When I was a boy, I ran away from Romania so I wouldn't be in the army. For America, I'm an essential soldier, so maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> well, here's the kitchen. Hey! Hey, Dondolo! Hold on to your hair. Now, you can't you on your own time. Don't make no never mind of me if you wake all night. What do you guys want? Chow? Chow? <laughs> Abramovich wants chow. You, you get that fat, so wants chow. You jerks drag over here chow time. You get chow, not now. This ain't no restaurant. I got a right to chow. I got my mess kit ready. You got a right. You... I'll fix your mess kit. I'll fix it. Good. You got no right to do that. I... For crying out loud, Don Dolo. Nobody eats without I say so. I got a right to chow. I was on guard duty and all I want... All right, all right. I'll give him something. I'll give him something good. Coffee. Nice, fresh coffee, right in the kisser. Why, you rotten two-bit louse. I ought to turn you in. Come on, Bing. Come on and fight if you want to. Come on. Wouldn't you like that? You'd be hollering for Captain Loomis like a stuck pig. Oh, no, I'm not getting busted for a scum like you. Oh, you yellow, both you's yellow. Foreigners, you all yellow. Let's go, Bing. I lost my appetite. Wait a minute. Don Dolo, I want to ask you a question. What do you mean? What do you want? What do you think this war is being fought for? Why are you in it? Me? I got nothing to do with it. I was drafted. Did you ever think about the guns, Dondola? You can get torn apart like that. I'm not going to die. What are you bullying about? You're afraid, aren't you? Afraid of dying. Maybe it's those two kids of yours. Are you fighting for them? Shut up. Sure. Sure, I'm fighting for my kids. Sure. It's because of people like you I had to leave them. A bunch of Jews get themselves in trouble and the whole American army swims across the ocean. That Hitler, he know what he was doing. We should be fighting with him on the same side. That's it. Yeah, that's it. We're fighting on the wrong side. Sergeant. Sergeant Bing. Oh, Miss Wallace. Well, how was dinner? Oh, fine. How are you coming with the leaflet? Well, I've been making kind of a poll, trying to find out why people are fighting the war. Well... How about the four freedoms? Mm, pretty hazy. The Germans wouldn't bite. How about the flag? Our traditions? <laughs> no, the Krauts got more tradition and the darn sight more flags. Oh, I feel lousy. Tired. It's got me beat. You know, when it gets down to wars, I suppose they're all alike. Some men fighting for their lives, some for dollars, and a few fools fighting for an idea. No, no, that's not it. Look, take the mess, Sergeant Don Dolo. He said we should be fighting on Hitler's side. As a matter of fact, he should. 
He's as much a fascist as anybody in the Nazi party. <laughs> War for democracy. That's the point. Maybe, maybe this is what I want. Look, Don Dolo, he's the mess sergeant. It doesn't matter what he thinks. He's cooking chow for the unit. He slaps out sea ration for me, and I write a leaflet about what we're fighting for. The war. The war, that's the right thing. One slimy louse can't stop it. Well, I've seen a lot of lies, some a lot bigger. Sure, sure, but the army, the whole stinking army, it does what America wants it to do, see? Uh, a crusade. Honest. Honest Wallace. Over here, Lieutenant. Oh, you found company. Sergeant Bing tells me we're on a crusade. <laughs> I suppose we are. I seem to remember that a great many of the original crusaders were more interested in loot than the Holy Land. But they couldn't have gone if there was no idea. Look, we've got crooks on our side. Probably big crooks, but they're in the crusade. They've got to get their jobs done, too. Look at Farish. He's a dog and I hate his guts, but he's the best blasted tank general in the ETO. He's in the crusade whether he likes it or not. Well, there are two sides to all this, Bing. Oh, sure. Sure, Lieutenant, there's always two sides. Anyway, thanks for taking good care of Miss Wallace. Good night, Sergeant. Good oh, night. Oh, wait, Lieutenant. Uh, Major I... Willoughby is waiting for you at the party, Miss Wallace. Will you take my arm? <laughs> oh, well, well, Miss Wallace, a drink? Yeah, we're all ahead of you. Scotch, rye, cavatas. Scotch, thanks. I've been hearing about General Farish's leaflet. Hey, you are? Oh, oh, yes, 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 the leaflet. Mm -hmm. Colonel DeWitt is in London to read Raise the Roof. But in any case, Farish won't get it. Has anybody told him? Well, this is off the record, Miss Wallace. Uh, Karen. But there won't be any leaflet. I've stopped all that. What did you do, Major? Well, you see, General Dorr in Corps Artillery is an old friend of mine, law school. A few words on the telephone about waste of ammunition. I expect by this time General Farish has given up his project. Well, shall we drink to the late lamented leaflet? Lieutenant Yates, go get the lady another drink. <laughs> Lieutenant Yates, I want to show you the leaflet. The leaflet? Yes, I finished it before I heard the roof fell in. There's an English translation attached here. Salute to the 4th of July. To a nation of free men equal before the law, determined to govern themselves. For these rights we fought in 1776. For these rights we fight today. You have a fine German style, Bing. I had a student once who... I've uh, got the punch at the end. If you want to save yourself... If you want to save Germany, there's only one way out. Stop the war. Interesting. The question is, do you believe it? Lieutenant, when I crossed you up with Farish, I didn't know why I did it, but I wanted to turn out the leaflet. I've been talking to a lot of men since then. Oh, some stink. They'd be guards in American concentration camps. But most of the guys, they'd say, Who are you trying to push around? What are you trying to put over? Bing... The trouble with you is you still think this war is a bloody crusade. I... I almost wish I could think so. I've seen too many crusades on the campus at Colter College, and I've seen the look in kids' eyes when they find out the idea has been sold down the river. I can't feel anything anymore. I suppose most of my generation is like that. Like a doctor with his hand on a patient's head, I can sense the fever, but I can't burn myself. That's what I mean, Lieutenant. 
Crooks like Dondolo, they're in it, and they've got to do their share. Tired-out intellectuals like you, you're in it, too. <laughs> Thanks. It's a necessary war, Lieutenant. It's a war America's for. And it'll be fought no matter what we do. You've got to push with it. Well, don't get in a rash over it, Bing. The leafler's been killed. It's an academic discussion. Yeah? I wonder how academic it'll be when Farish finds out. General Farish, Some lily-livered weasel tipped off corps. General, this I This wonder... morning I get a call. Four o'clock in the lousy morning. Farish, he says. Farish, the 4th of July business is a waste of ammunition. It's out. All right. Who spilled his guts to corps? Well, we we assumed corps was behind your plan, General. Well, they are now. I told that swivel chair buzzard. There are enlisted men around, sir. I don't give a hoot. I talked him into having the whole army in Normandy pull my stunt. Oh, magnificent. Who the devil are you? Major Willoughby, sir, Colonel DeWitt's exec. Willoughby, huh? Yes. Well, listen, what I need is this. I'll have to make Dor eat his words. I'll need some guarantee that some crowds will come over with their hands up after we shoot over those leaflets. What can you do about that? Well, I... Major, I... Major. General, I'm afraid... The loudspeakers. The loudspeakers. What the devil's going on here? I... I think we may be able to guarantee you results, General. Suppose we place a loudspeaker team at your disposal. They'll go into the line and they'll talk across to the Germans. We've had a great deal of success that way. You did, huh? Loudspeakers. There are a number of good men. Lieutenant Laborde in charge. That'll do, Major. I'm not interested in your bloody details. Loudspeakers, huh? All right, all right. Let's have one. Sergeant Bing, we've got to get those loudspeakers closer to the Germans. How about it, Captain Troy? Listen, Lieutenant, that fool truck of yours is going to draw fire, maybe hit one of my men. I don't know where you've been with this psychological outfit, but my company's been on the line since the beach. Every day I got a report, killed and wounded. See here, I got General Farish's orders. Listen, Laborde, don't have me no trouble. Look, Captain Troy, we're wasting time. Maybe we can find some place that won't draw fire. Well, okay, come on. Wait. Hey, what's that? Dead cow, very dead. I can't have it buried. The other side of this hedge is under fire. Suppose I set the speaker up here. Three of our boys got killed out here the other day. Swelled up in the heat. You don't like to look at it. You can't help it. That lieutenant of yours, what's his name? Laborde? Yeah, Laborde. Uh, he's eager, but I suppose that's okay. The valor of ignorance. I read that somewhere. Hey, what's going on over there? Shut up and get down in that hole. Want to get us killed? Get that tin horn out of here! Blow! I got the speaker set up. Keep low getting back. Let's go. Bing, hurry up there. We're late. Now why didn't you help instead of standing there with your thumb in your mouth? Captain, I'll have you... Look, Laborde, get started and clear out of here. I'll be bringing up mortars. Okay, let's go. Hurry, I don't want none of my boys hurt. All right, sir. Here goes. Achtung! Achtung! Deutsche Soldaten! Achtung! 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 I'm tired. What happened, Bing? Oh, let me alone, Lieutenant. What happened? 
We got 14 of them. Came right over with their hands up in the air holding the leaflet. Two got it before they hit the cover. Twelve live prisoners. Farris will like that. Did you get Chow? I don't want any. If there's any trouble with Don Dolo, I'll be Look, glad... for crying out loud, Lieutenant, I couldn't eat. What happened? Told our treatment. Wounded? Dead. Tough. Good guy. He didn't have to die. That slimy creep aboard made him go out after the loudspeakers. But they're expendable. We can get new ones whenever we need them. Tell that to Laborde. Tolachian's dead. Futile. There isn't much use in anything, is there, Bing? I didn't say that. Neither did Tolachian. Take it easy, Bing. All right. All right, only I carried Tolachian back. He was ripped open, but he asked if we got the prisoners. Laborde, he may be futile, but not Tolachian. Now leave me alone, Lieutenant. Leave me alone. Okay, Bing. Only you better get some coffee. Twelve prisoners. Farish will like that. All right, gentlemen. No more cameras. I haven't got time. What's the next move, General? A series of pencil movements. Surprise, gentlemen. Surprise. And the main push will be on Paris. The tanks will roll the same road Napoleon took after his victories. For Paris, gentlemen, is victory. Bottle. Whiskey? Hey, here, do you want cigarettes or chocolate? No, no, no. C'est pour vous. Eau de vie pour l'américaine. Uh, how do you like that? A bottle of liquor for free. Yates, this is the sound. Parrots. Yeah! All right, all right. That's all. You hear the cannon? That's all the garbage I got. Now beat it, beat it. Stinking pigs digging in the garbage. They have hunger, my friend Dondolo. Paris, a hungry city. Yeah, yeah. You Frenchmen fight over the garbage, and them louses in the company complain I ain't giving them enough tea. Well, sirrah, today I could use coffee, coffee and cigarettes. No coffee. I got a bag of potatoes, bacon, and canned milk. How much? Uh, Four thousand? A pig's eye. I'd rather eat it myself. Think of the poor people who have to buy this, Sergeant. Don't worry. They'll pay. Five thousand. Hand the dough over. Careful, someone might see. Bull. Nobody dares touch me. Listen, I ain't the only one you've been doing business with. You gotta go to Captain Loomis for the gas you've been selling on the black market. I ain't the only one. Paris means dough if you know your way around. You gotta know your way around. Right this way, Major Willoughby. I was expecting you. Thank you, your, um... Uh, uh, my friends call me Prince Breskin. Ah, yes, uh... Well, you know, of course, that before the war, I represented the law firm of Coster, Brule, Regan, and Willoughby. I understand. Mm. Prince, suppose I come to the point. 
Now, your company, Delacroix, worked for the Nazis through the occupation. Uh, just a moment, Major. Are you speaking as the uh, American army or... Merely on behalf of our uh, clients. Uh, uh, we are interested in the place Delacroix will have after the war. Major Willoughby, there are other factors. Investigating commissions, tribunals. Uh, well... If we can make a uh, preliminary agreement, Prince Breskin, then perhaps we can discuss methods of avoiding unfortunate investigations into Delacroix. Uh, uh, naturally, our arrangement will be confidential. Oh, of course, Major Willoughby. You will find me the soul of discretion. Uh, it will be up to you, Major, to help us avoid interference. And I have every confidence in you. <laughs> There's the report, Lieutenant, like I said. Well, what do you want me to do about it? I don't know, sir. But they've arranged to send those DPs we liberated back to the Delacroix mines. Look, Bing, that's not my department. For crying out loud, Lieutenant, these people are being sent back to the same stinking mines where the Nazis had them. Well, after all, Bing, the mines have to be worked. It's no good, Lieutenant. We free Hitler's prisoners and send them back to the same slavery. I thought... Well, I thought you'd see it the way I do. You were behind me on that leaflet. I stuck my neck out. What'll this get us? There's nothing one man can do. That's easy to say, isn't it, Lieutenant? All right, all right. It's probably too late anyway. It's not too late for people who are still alive, Lieutenant. Too late. That's easy to say. All right, cut it out. I'll do what I can. I'll go see the head of Delacroix. Maybe I can find out something. Now, get off my back, Ben. Quit riding me. Sure. Sure, Lieutenant. Oh, I've got the name of the Delacroix big shot for you. Bereskin. Prince Bereskin. Okay. I'll probably get my neck out so far, somebody will snap it off. Colonel DeWitt's back from London, and he's boiling mad already. This little trip will put on the finishing touches. Willoughby, I won't have it. I won't have it in my outfit. Colonel DeWitt, I don't understand. Look at this report. The MPs picked up a Frenchman peddling food from our kitchen on the black market. Named Sereer. Works for Prince Bereskin of the Delacroix Company. I don't understand how I can... Yates be... here tells me you visited Bereskin. Well, I was seeing Bereskin about something else. Did Lieutenant Yates suggest I was involved no, in... No, 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 no. He's got something else about DPs being sent back to the Delacroix mines. Oh, that. Why, yes, we're having the mines reopened. I have a report for you, Colonel. We we need the production and... Look, need... this is off the point. Well, to me, I'm leaving this up to you. Oh, Colonel, if I could question this Surya... Maybe we could get the connection between Delacroix and the Nazis. I'll take care of that, Lieutenant. All right, Willoughby. But get the black market out of our kitchen. I'll give you till tonight. What is it? Major? What were you doing visiting Bereskin? They're reopening those mines. The same poor devils the Nazis had in them. That wasn't your job, Yates. Are you protecting Bereskin, Major? There were rumors about him during occupation. I'll be frank with you, Yates. My law firm takes care of Delacroix interests in the States. That's no secret. We're faced with an issue, Yates. We've got to get production started over here. Under the same men who work for the Nazis? Now, you can't run mills without know-how. We don't want chaos and upheaval. Well, no. There is democracy, though. That's not the point, Yates. We've got to get production, or we won't get it without Bereskin. That isn't the only choice. Well, what is? <laughs> it's easy enough to be a man of goodwill on a college campus, Yates. Look, but Major... But you're over your head now. Your neck is way out, way out. I, uh... I'm beginning to think it isn't out far enough. Yates, I'm trying to be reasonable. Stick to your duties. You understand? Yes, sir. 
Good. How about this black market business? Take that mess, Sergeant. What's his name? Dondolo. Break him. Get him out of the kitchen. How about the Frenchman? Turn him over to the civil authorities. And Bereskin? Be sensible, Yates. Prince Bereskin doesn't know every two-bit driver who works for him. Would Delacroix be interested in peddling potatoes by the five-pound bag? I guess not. Yates, remember this war isn't over yet. I know. No, not by a long shot. It's going to be tough weather ahead. It looks like rain now. It's going to rain all winter. It's that kind of country. December 14th, 1944. The enemy is capable of launching a powerful counteroffensive. It's bad news, General. You're yeah, bloody well right, DeWitt. If those lousy Judases hadn't black-marketed my gas on the streets of Paris, we'd be across the Rhine now. How can I run tanks without gas? It looks bad now. Bad? Do you know what's happened? The Germans have broken through in the Ardennes. The 106th at St. Vite. The 101st Airborne at Bastogne. They're being cut to ribbons. It's a bulge, DeWitt, and the worst licking we've taken so far. Hey, hey, Trom. Shut up and keep an eye on Sorelli. I see him. On the stinking snow, when do we head back? We find out if the road's clear. Hey, you hear something? Artillery. No, over there, through the fog, listen. I don't know. Holy tanks, a whole lousy panzer regiment. We better get off the road. Spread over the field. Pass the word. Get down. 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 Don't let him go by, God. Don't let him see us. Pro, shut up. Your hands up, Hires. We're looking. Only name, rank, and serial number. That's all we're telling, huh? Yeah, that's right. My arms are tired. Well, keep them up. That crowd is coming over here. Name, rank, and serial number. They can't do nothing to prisoners of war, can they? Oh, I know. Keep your hands up. Unterhoff and Seer. Come and see here. You're all here, Robert. What are they saying, Traub? You speak German? Uh, I can't hear. Unterhoff and Seer. No. Oh, no. What is it, Traub? What's the story? They can't. They can't. Captain Troy? Yates, help me with his friend. Name, rank. What Sid- happened? That shield. That shield. You know where the rest of his platoon is? Here, let me take him. Easy. Piled up in the snow. Fifteen of them. All in one lousy heap. He's hit bad. Medic! Medic! They didn't have their weapons. Gave up. Prisoners of war. Take it easy, Captain. You know how it was? I go down to my knees, see? I dig in a pile. I'm the captain. I gotta find the dog tags. I'm the captain of a pile of dead men. 
They never had a chance. Before God, they never had a chance. Medic! Fifteen men, my men, all in one lousy pile. Easy, Troy. Yates, I want you to do something for me. You question prisoners. There must have been witnesses. You find out who gave the orders to kill my men. Sure, all right, Troy. Medic! I'm a Christian man here, but before God, I'll... Yates, you find out who gave that order. Another prisoner, Lieutenant. Saxonzy. I don't know no German. They picked him up in this G.I. uniform, Lieutenant. Listen, Lieutenant. I'm Sergeant Howard Bethune from Chicago. He was picked up by a Negro company. The Lieutenant sent a letter along. He sounded fishy. Didn't know who Popeye was or who won the World Series... Then he shot off his yap, calling those colored guys names. Looks like they must have mutton a little. This is a lot of bull. I, I ain't no spy. Here's, here's my paybook and my dog tags. Well, let's hear some of your army record. Talk. I was inducted at Fort Sheridan, basic training at McClellan in Alabama. Then I was POE to Repel Devil in England. Bing, what do you think? I don't know, Lieutenant. Sounds fishy to me. All right, Sergeant, one question. What's T.S.? <laughs> What's T.S.? You tell me and I'll let you go. I'm an American soldier. You can't do this to me. All right, Sergeant. You've got three. What's T.S.? One? Two? I know. I know, sir. I, I just can't remember. Tough. Tough situation. I'm an American. My, my dog tags... They shoot spies, soldier. Take them out in time to post and shoot them. No, no, listen. I'm Sergeant Howard Bethune from Chicago. I, I'm an American. Bing, go out and get me four MPs, the biggest you can find. Yes, sir. And tell them to bring their clubs. What do you mean? What are you going to do? And a bucket of cold water in case he faints. Yes, sir. And tell them to bring a bayonet, a sharp bayonet. Right, Lieutenant, a sharp bayonet. No, no. Nein. Ich bin Deutscher. Ich hatte befehlen, er fast zu töten. There we are. Take notes, Bing. I'm a German. I had orders to kill General Farish. There it is, Major Willoughby. 400 English-speaking Germans in American uniforms loose behind our lines. Well, good work, Yates. That's big. Well, you got the name of the man who trained them. Colonel Eric Pettinger of the SS. Pettinger, hmm. Good, good. We'll send that name back to intelligence. That isn't all. Pettinger has field command now. The 412th Panzers. Well? He was in command when those prisoners were shot down. Captain Troy's men. He gave the order. Yes, that was, that was a dirty business. I'll mention that in my report. You do fine work when you stick to your job. You didn't think so in Paris. <laughs> Still chasing old stories, huh? Well, I'll make your report in writing. We'll forget about Paris. I don't think so. Back in Paris, you explained what you thought the war was all about. I saw your point. It seemed to me I could always see two sides to everything. Huh? Spent my life balancing two sides to every issue. What are you blatting about, Yates? About Pettinger. You told me it was easy to be a man of goodwill on a college campus. It was. I was always sure that the logical, rational, intellectual approach would win. But those 15 men piled in the snow, they surrendered. They were under the protection of international law, the Geneva Convention. Look, Yates, this is no time for a Socratic soul-searching. I'm not at all interested in your inner torment. I suppose not. Uh, you write out your report, and I'll see that it gets to General Farish. You've done a good job on this, Yates. Don't stick your neck out any further. Hmm? <laughs>
right, gentlemen, one more question. I'm late for staff conference. General, what's the next move? Well, you can say the German offensive power is broken. We have them in a tight ring, and we'll destroy every remaining unit. It's mopping up, gentlemen, just mopping up. Sergeant Bing. You want me, Lieutenant? Uh, you going out again with a loudspeaker tank? <laughs> so they tell me. Me and Lieutenant Laborde. Look, if you want me to speak to Captain Loomis, Laborde's crazy. He keeps going on lone wolf missions. The valor of ignorance. Uh, what? Oh, you remember that infantry captain, Troy? That's what he said the day Tolakian was killed. Mm. Suppose I have you replaced. Ah, forget it, Lieutenant. Why worry about me all of a sudden? I don't know. Maybe I learned something from you. That Fourth of July leaflet. What this whole business is about. Bing, you always talk like you know. What's the answer? Those ideas of yours, how do they match up against Talachi and dying? Against Andolo and the black market? Against Willoughby and Prince Bereskin? I am an optimist, Lieutenant. That whole crooked bunch, they try to get away with something. But in the meantime, they have to do their job. And in the long run, the job catches up with their own crooked deals. But how about Talachi? How about the ones who get it through stupidity or just plain evil? Lieutenant, you can't run a perfect army. The war gets fought. If you know what the score is, you've got to go out on a limb. Stick your neck out? Willoughby said that. He warned me not to. But listen, I'm not trying to make a missionary out of you, a crusader, a Sir Galahad with a silver bar. What do you mean? You're falling off the other side of the fence, Lieutenant. It's noble. Real noble. Now what the devil's eating you? can't you? always just be a teacher interesting himself in the problems of the surrounding community. You're crazy. You're all mucked up. What do you want from me? You ride me for six months to stick my neck out, to buck the whole stinking chain of command, and now... What do you mean? You've got to work with people sometimes, Lieutenant. Not just for them. Bing! Get on over here. Bing! Listen, Bing, I don't understand. Get on the ball, Bing. We're late. What are you driving at? Well, now, don't worry about it. The war gets fought. So long, Lieutenant Gates. Okay, I'm coming. Let's take off. Now, wait a minute, Bing. Wait a minute. I don't understand. So long, Lieutenant. You ain't too bad. You'll make out. Here it is, Abramovici. Still burning. Don't get too close, Lieutenant. There might still be live ammunition. Not in those flames. Look at it. Loudspeaker's all twisted. Stinks from burning rubber. Maybe we should call Graves' registration to take out the bodies. Nothing left but ashes. The war gets fought. Well, come on. Excuse me a minute, Lieutenant. For Sergeant Bing... It's right there should be a prayer for the dead. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. It's a soldier's right, a prayer for the dead. Iska dalvi, iska dash, shmeravo, volmoti frank, hirusse, viamli, malhuse. The war gets fought. Major Willoughby. Sir. 
My division had the best blasted record in the fight. And now the war is over, I'm going to have the best record in the occupation. Kramer is my town, and I want it like my division. Spit and polish. Yes, sir. I'm putting you in charge. I want things in order. Streetcars running, sewers. I've had four lousy Kraut mayors already. You get me one who'll stick. Get cramming in order. Clean, spit, and polish. So, Herr Lamlein, you will take office as Burgermeister immediately. It will be an honor, Herr Willoughby. Herr Lamlein, I'll speak frankly. I realize, as director of the Rintelen Company, you had to work along with the Nazis to protect your holdings. <laughs> we are only businessmen, Major. Yes. Now, understand, Lamlein, a wholly German-owned plant may be considered war potential. We might destroy it or use it for reparations. Nein, nein, schrecklich. Yes. yes. So, I propose we discuss a plan where Delacroix of Paris might become interested in your plant as they were before the war. But I bought them out. When the German army was in Paris? <laughs> Hardly a free sale. No, Lemline, no, you, you have no choice. If you want to keep your plan at all... Uh, well, the defeated must be practical. Exactly. I will contact Prince Bereskin in Paris and my firm in New York. But in the meantime, the plant will be in production. Oh, I'm sure we'll have no trouble on that. Rentelon Works can roll as soon as we clean up the city. A Herr Burgermeister. <laughs> Listen, Yates, you got to help me. Something wrong, Troy? Yeah, I'm security officer in Kremen. I'm supposed to run the racketeers out of town. Today I raided one place, a stinking hole they call the Lower Depths. I know the place. You know who lives there? The same people I liberated from Paula Concentration Camp. Come here, Professor. Yeah, yeah, Hauptmann. This is Professor Seckendorf. He lives there. Now tell Lieutenant Yates what you told me. Did you get any food? The relief agency is supposed to issue for us... But the relief commissioner is Herr Bendel. He was in office under the Nazis. He sends us to live in the lower depths. You hear that? The same stinking Nazi appointed by that new mayor, Lamline. You had great moral credit when you came, you Americans. You have lost it when you keep a Nazi in office. What can I do? I got the professor out of that death camp. Am I supposed to let him rot in the lower depths? If you could take us away. A big house for all of us. Light, trees... Rehabilitation classes. If you could give us one of the biggest states. There's an idea. The Rintelen estate, for instance. Give us a chance to work. We work hard. We rebuild our lives if you give us the chance. All right, Lamline, is that all? Yeah, here will be. You know, I'm letting you get away with murder. What's the idea of letting Bendel stay as relief commissioner? He was a Nazi party member. He knows the chop. Well, Yates and Captain Troy picked him up. He's in jail. Look, Lamline, I'm not playing any games. I don't want any Nazis in the city government. One has to be practical, Major. Well, don't stick my neck out. It is pretty far out now, Major. There's the tax. What, what tax? The 10% tax on all business licensed in Kremen. I hand it over to you. Oh. Oh, well, uh, well... Be careful, Hamline, that's all. Be careful. Colonel DeWitt's in from Paris, and he's got a nose like a ferret. Be careful. (laughs) 
General Ferries tells me he's proud of you, Willoughby. <laughs> Thank you, Colonel. Thank you. We we all work together. Captain Troy's built a fine police force, and Lieutenant Yates runs the German newspaper. I print your handouts faithfully. Yates told me about your new mayor. Lamlin. Oh, fine fellow. Good German organizer. Vice President of Rintelen, but we're lucky he never joined the Nazi party. I don't like your tone, Yates. We've got to work with people. Ask Troy, then. A lot of men were killed, and Lamlin made a lot of dough out of it. Listen, Yates, you stick to your job. Run that newspaper. Yeah, sure, but what can I print? Handouts, puff stories about Farish. There is a story I should print. What are we going to do with the Rintelen Mills? And now about the lower depths. Stick around, Colonel DeWitt. You'll see. Listen, Yates, you're heading for trouble. There's no place in the army for that kind of loose mouth. Here, here, stop it, Willoughby. Man's entitled to his opinions. If you don't like him, that doesn't make it loose-mouthed. How about Captain Troy's request? Are you behind that, Yates? If Troy bothers me once more, so help me, I'll break it. Now, what's all this about? Troy wants to confiscate private property like a wild-eyed radical. That's not exactly it, Colonel. Listen, Yates. I'm acting as General Farish's orders. There'll be no wholesale requisitioning. If you'll excuse me, Colonel, I've got an important meeting. Goodbye, gentlemen. What is this hornet's nest, Yates? You've been talking pretty nasty. Willoughby showed a good deal of patience. Troy wants to set up a training center for the DPs on the Rattelan estate. The fine German gentry don't like brushing elbows with a concentration camp scum. It embarrasses them. So they've shoved them down in the lower depths. Colonel, there's no good reason why Major Willoughby should be protecting the Rintelen estates. There's lots of room out That's there. That's a matter for the German authorities, Yates. No, it's important to us. If I can print in my newspaper that the Rintelen estate's been turned over to the concentration camp victims, that'll spell out something to the Germans. No business as usual. That we mean it when we say democracy. Well, I'll admit I can't figure Willoughby out. Nothing I can do now. He did take off in a hurry, didn't he? His important meeting. Major Willoughby has a new interest in Kramen. A new interest? I saw her at the officers' club. Built, Colonel, but really built. you around? Oh, look at the road, Liebling. Ah, no, 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 you're prettier. You know, it's a miracle that you lived through concentration camp without a mark. Oh, I don't like to think about it, Clary. I still remember the Nazis. Somebody must have given orders that there was to be no marks on me. Oh, it was so terrible. Oh, now, now, listen. Listen, honey, I, I've got a new dress for you down at the office from Paris. Oh, a new one? Mm-hmm. Oh, Clary, when will I see it? Tomorrow. It's it's, it's cut sort of, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, here we are. Clary? Hmm? Do you think it's all right for me to live here on the Rintelen estate? Well, did Lamline say anything? Or try anything? If he did, no, I'll... No, 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 nothing. Oh. But I, I don't think he likes me. Well, he'd better. <laughs> Marianne... In Kremen, I give the orders, and Lamline jumps. Well, I'll pick you up tomorrow at six. Good night, honey. Mm, Clary. What's... Who's there? Who's that? I'll fire. No, 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 Clary. It's all right. Who was that? Just Eric Stain, Herr Lamline's cousin. Oh. He was released last week from a prisoner of war camp. He lives here now. Cousin, eh? Well, I almost put a slug in him. Anyway, it gives me another chance to say good night. Hmm? Clary.
Yates, you remember Professor Sekundoff. He's got something for us. Have you uh, been getting on all right, Professor? I wish to make a report. What's up? There is a girl, Marianne Bliefeld. Marianne? Hey, isn't that... Willoughby's playmate. She's an ex-concentration camp victim, isn't she right? No, no. Uh, that is it. She is not. What's this? Jawohl, she was at Polar Concentration Camp. I saw her there. Well? But she was no prisoner. What? She was the woman of the SS guards. Gates, this is the break, Troy. You're sure, Professor? You can swear to this? Yeah, she was the woman for the Nazis. And I have seen her. She lives where the American nature has placed her, on the Rintelen estate. Rintelen estate. There it is, Troy. I think I'll ask the lady a few questions, Yates. Come on, we'll have a showdown. <laughs> Yeah, this is the woman. You're sure, Professor? It's a lie. A lie. Leutnant, you will see. She has no concentration camp number tattooed on her arm. Gates, this is most presumptuous. Well, Marianne, roll up your sleeve. All right. All right, it's true. Marianne. I was arrested in Munich because I picked somebody's pocket. The SS man got me out of jail. Well, why shouldn't I get out of jail? Why shouldn't I have nice clothes and food now? You only go after me because I have no influence. How about Lamlein? How about that cousin? Cousin? What cousin? Lamlein's cousin. Shut up all day. Only going out at night. What's all this got to do with have me? Have you seen this man, Major? What is this all about? I've got nothing to do with this. She lied to me. Oh, sure, I kept her, but she double-crossed me. Clary, please, Liebling. Don't you come up to me now, Tramp. Tramp? You say that now? You throw me away? Send me back to jail? I know you too well. Clary, mein Liebling. Ich weiß zu viel. Shut up, you little gutter rat. Nein, nein, ich weiß zu viel. The ten percent you get out of every business in Kremen. Her lumb line told you me. Lying little, you... Yates. Yates, you go out of your way to make enemies. If lumb line's been grafting, it's news to me. You can't prove anything. Maybe not, Major, but we'll try. Hey, Crow! Send out a squad and pick up her Burgermeister Lamline. Then we'll see about that cousin. Pettinger. Eric Pettinger, the man who ordered your men shot down right under our noses all this time. I swore, Yates. Lamline's phony cousin. Troy, he's been out at the Rintelen estate all along. Willoughby didn't know anything about it. You can give him credit for that anyway. Pettinger. Pettinger. The war goes on, Troy, even now. Even with Willoughby pulling his deals, the war goes on. Yates, I hope he won't give up. I hope he won't. Fifteen men in one lousy pile, you remember? Yates, I hope he doesn't give up. <laughs> Pettinger's dead, General. Troy had to shoot him. Good. Now, Willoughby. General, it's... Blast it, Willoughby. I won't stand for a crook under my command. But, General, there's no proof. The word of one lying girl of a confessed... Listen, you mealy-mouthed weasel. I can't court-martial you. 
But I can ship you out of Europe so fast your head will swim. General, if you'd only let me... Get out. Get out of my office. Get out of my town. So help me, if I see you again in that uniform, I'll break my crop across your face. Now get out. Get out! Yes, sir. I picked him. So help me, I picked him. I put that crook in power. He fooled us all, General. But I should have known. I'm in command. Do it. So help me, I'd rather be back in Normandy pushing a tank against a hitch row. I should have known. I'm in command. You have quite a day, haven't you, Yates? No, not particularly, Major. Yates, you think you want something big, don't you? <laughs> You've got the Rintelan estate for your scarecrows, but I'm going back to the States through Paris. Listen, Major, I'm not... The business deal I'll finish in Paris. Prince Bereskin? Never mind. You think you've won, you and DeWitt, the rest of the Crusaders, but you haven't. I'm one jump ahead of you in war and peace, Yates. I always have been. <laughs> well, my jeep's waiting. One jump ahead, and I'll stay there. Well, Yates, quite a farewell speech. Oh, I didn't see you, Colonel. Willoughby's wrong, though. He's jumped his last jump. His Paris deal? Parrish nearly cried in there. Told me to clean up, and I will. I'm following Willoughby back to the States. There won't be any Paris deal. The war gets fought. Huh? Bing said that. You remember that young sergeant? He said this war was using the crooks. That the crooks weren't using the war. He got killed, didn't he? He got killed. He told me that no matter how many deals and angles those few men figured, they had to do their job for the war. And in the long run, the job would catch up with them. Well, it caught up with Willoughby. That was good work, Lieutenant, bucking brass that way. I had my neck out, I guess. Way out. Funny guy, that Bing. He thought the war was a crusade. I suppose it was. Still is. I envy you going back to the States, Colonel. That's where the war will be finished. Yates, it doesn't really matter where you are these days. We're still fighting the same enemy wherever he crawls out in the light. And if he ever won out in America, we'd all be in a concentration camp. It'd be crowded, Colonel, that concentration camp. But I don't think it'll ever be built. I think too many men would say, Who are you trying to push around? What are you trying to put over? Who are you trying to push around? I suppose that's as good an answer as any. Well, come on, Lieutenant. I got a pack. I'll give you a lift on my jeep. <laughs> Crusaders was prepared for radio by Ernest Canoy, starred as Lieutenant Yates, Cesar Romero, who appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of Come to the Stable, co-starring Celeste Holm and Loretta Young. Our cast included Wally Mayer, Charles Seal, Lynn Whitney, Shep Mencken, Don Diamond, Sidney Miller, 
Tom Charlesworth, Jeff Corey, William Lally, Jan Arvan, Stan Waxman, Ken Christie, Norman Field, Maya Gregory. Your announcer, Don Stanley. The original music score was composed and conducted by Dr. Albert Harris. The director of the NBC University Theater is Andrew C. Love. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal based about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.